Blog Talk Radio. You are now listening to CLNS Radio, your source for all things basketball. You cannot stop this guy. This guy is unbelievable right now, and with the way he's playing, he's played an outstanding brand of basketball. You're trying to tell me he's not the next best thing? What are you hearing? Man, all I know is this guy can fall, and if you can come out and play with him, you can play with anybody in the league. I want your opinion. Call into the show. Why don't you drive the rack? Seriously, why don't people drive the rack more often? You're fed up with this cookie-cutter brand of basketball, not go out and hand-check. What are you comparing? The guy's got grit. The guy's got moxie, and the guy's got heart. What more do you want? Broadcast through Blog Talk Radio and CLNS Radio. Welcome to the Hooper's Log. Here's your host, Simo ambition. Welcome on into the show today, episode 58 here on a Tuesday, January 26, 2016, and we have got a lot to get to today. I'm telling you, there was a lot that happened in the world of basketball yesterday and even this morning, and I am going to be going on several rants today. Um, one of them is to praise this Golden State Warriors team. They do have a couple more things to prove to me to really get my overall approval, but for now, they deserve all the praise that they get right now in the NBA. For They have been they, – they, they truly are turning into one of the more historical, unbelievable teams we've ever seen. Andrew Norris is here today. Andrew, man, it's been a while since we've been on the air together outside of Friday. What's up, man? What is going on, man? It has. I actually almost missed the start of this show. I got caught up in something. I looked. It was 12.58. Started running around. Um, so that would have sucked, but I made it. Um, how, how are you, man? How have things been? Well, uh, my butt hurts a little bit. Uh, you know, when you get beat by 30, uh, it, it doesn't feel very good back there. You know, my back's sore. Uh, basically, what happened was last night I got taken behind the woodshed as a Spurs fan. And I got whapped around by Steph Curry and, uh, you know, the bench of that Warrior team. And Draymond Green almost had another triple-double. Uh, yeah, we got our butts kicked yesterday in uh, Golden State. And uh, I'm going to give some praise to this team here in a little bit. Obviously, the NCAA rankings are out. They were out yesterday, but they, they usually come in after our show is on when it's at uh, 10 a.m. Uh, Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. This usually come out until about 2 p.m. Eastern. Um but, uh, Andrew, are you ready to get it going, man? I also want to talk to you about the uh, NFC and AFC Championship game and also the Cavs-Bulls game on Saturday. We'll get to those in a second, but you ready, Andrew? Let's go. Let's get it going. Kevin Hartman started off for us here on the episode 58 of the Hooper's Log. My name is Simo Buckets. Kevin Hart, let's get it going. All right, all right, all right. We're going to learn today. We'll get to college basketball later. We'll, we'll do that. We'll, we're going to talk about the game of the night so far. Uh, clearly game of the night in the NBA last night. That was Golden State uh, and San Antonio. And, and let me just be frank about this. For those of you listening for the purposes of the game last night, game of the night clearly uh, by everyone's measure, uh, this was a game I was hyping up to be one of the best games of the season. It was funny reading the previews for this game as all the te- both teams were saying, oh, it's just another game, it's just another regular season game. No, it's not. This was th- These are the two teams heading into yesterday that – in my opinion, and in, I think in multiple people's opinions going forward, 
This is the, the this is the uh, th- this is the game of the year that really decides, at least for now, that really is deciding who the better team is between the two in the Western Conference, and maybe a potential Western Conference Finals preview. Where I, I honestly think that either of these teams will be the favorite heading into the championship if they make it. And I thought this was going to be a classic or at least close, at least a three-point to four-point loss, knowing that Tim Duncan was out. I expected to get beat, but, but, it, but kind, of like, kind of like when the Cavs and Spurs played about a, a week ago. That was kind of what I expected this to be. And instead, what I got was a complete meltdown. Now, we didn't really melt down. The, the Warriors didn't play well either. I mean, if you, watch, if you look at the box score of this game, the Golden State Warriors – they turned the ball over just about as many times as the Spurs did. They, they turned the ball over 21 times. And as I was listening to the game, because I couldn't watch it on NBA TV at work, um, as I was listening to the game, it didn't sound like the Spurs necessarily played bad. Yeah, they didn't shoot as well as the Warriors. Steph Curry went bonkers from three. He went 6-9 and nine from three. Uh, the bench for the Warriors is really what stepped up. But the real stat that I found intriguing about this ball game was the turnover margin from the standpoint of points off turnovers. At one point I heard going into the fourth, I turned the game off in the fourth quarter because it wasn't even a game at that point. Um, but in the third quarter, I heard a stat that the Warriors were 25 and 11 off turnovers, which means they had scored pretty much on half of their turnovers where the Spurs had only scored on maybe like two or three of their turnovers. That's going to change the ball game. That's going to change the entire complexity of the ball game on top of it. Those are, those are the three keys to this game that the San Antonio Spurs, why they got blown out and destroyed. Steph Curry went off. Um, the bench came out and played very well. When you have uh, Andre Iguodala, uh, Maurice Spates, and Sean Livingston, really Maurice Spates and Sean Livingston's performance really dictated the pace of this game. Steph Curry went off at 37. Uh, Maurice Spates and Sean Livingston combined for 25. And if you add in Andre Iguodala, he helped and made it a 38-point margin off the bench. And that's not adding the other guys who had a couple of points here and there. But those three guys off the bench really indicated what happened. And then that turnover margin point. And that's really how you're going to get beat by 30. And that's how the Spurs are going to look like poor performers. Now, it doesn't help when everybody else doesn't score well and no one else really shows up to play. I mean, Kawhi Leonard had 16 points, four or six from the field. No one was really shooting a lot of points overall in the Spurs. No one shot over 10 field goal attempts. In fact, the most field goal attempts in this game was by LaMarcus Aldridge and Kyle Anderson. Kyle Anderson probably came in in garbage time because I never even heard his name throughout the game because um, I turned it off in the fourth. But uh, Kawhi Leonard shot only six shots. David West only shot eight. He went six of eight. He didn't play bad, um, you know, in, in place of Tim Duncan as a starter. You know, but, but we didn't overall. It just goes to show you there's no excuses. Right now the Golden State Warriors are the best team in the NBA, and it's, it's not even close. I mean, when you have the stretch that this team has had in the Golden State Warriors and the performances they've been putting together, blowing out the Bulls, blowing out the, the, the Cavs, blowing out the Spurs, and, and yes, they did lose to the Pistons, where you got to give them credit, and they lost to the Nuggets. They had a little bit of a, of a down spell there about a week ago, but over this last five, four games, playing really good opponents, They've, and, and in the last five, they've gone four and one in their tough stretch. They play the Mavericks tomorrow. They play in, in Golden State. But the thing that the only other test that they need to prove, and these are only a couple months down the road because you can't do it now, but come March 19th when they play in San Antonio, that's their next test. 
and obviously the, the, the attrition portion from here until that date is really going to be key because they really have a lot to prove when it comes to them being the greatest of all time. Yes, they're 41-4. and four. That's, that's bananas crazy, unbelievable stuff. They've won four in a row. They're a team that – they're the best team in the NBA. And, and coming into this season, Andrew and I had this perspective of, look, the Warriors were overrated. The Warriors were this. Can they come in with the target on their back? Can they? Can they? Can And they have really answered all of our questions. They destroyed the Cavs in, in, in Cleveland. They destroyed the Spurs, who we can make the case are probably the better team. But not now. Not anymore. Not anymore. When you beat a team by 30, that's supposed to be your 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 superior, your 1A, your, your 1B, I should say. And your 1A. And, and they're – you answered the question last night. There's, I, I'm a Spurs fan. There's no excuse. We got our butt kicked. Tim Duncan or not, I'm not going to make the excuse. Even if Tim Duncan played in that game, maybe we get beat by 20. There, it, it wouldn't have mattered. We got destroyed last night. The Warriors are the best team in the NBA. There's no one close. And they're going to have off nights from time to time, like when they played against the Nuggets on the road, like when they played against the Mavericks about a month ago, like when they played against you know the Bucks about two months ago, their first loss of the year. But this is the best team in the NBA, and no one's going to argue that. Andrew, what did you see from last night in this game? And, and first of all, before I let you talk, Greg Popovich's comments after the game were outstanding, kind of taking pot shots at the, uh, at the Cleveland Cavaliers from, a, from an offhand perspective, saying, oh, if the GM was in the locker room, I probably would have gotten fired. I'm pretty sure everyone laughed at that. I mean, but don't, don't go crazy, Spurs fans, and, and jump off a bridge and think that this Spurs team is now not going to contend with the Warriors in the playoffs. So don't, don't go that far. This was one game. Now, don't get me wrong, Golden State's the best team, and this was, a, this was proven because both teams had two days off. This was proven. But, but San Antonio's still 38-7. and seven. They're only three games back of Golden State. All they got to do is keep playing well. They, they still won 13-14. of 14. They're still playing unbelievable basketball. They just ran into a buzzsaw in Golden State, that, and, and that's just the case. They're just the, that good of a team. San Antonio's still playing well. They just struggled, and they didn't play well. And, and, and Golden State deserves their credit. Because I'm telling you, on that March 19th game, when they play at San Antonio, that's the second night of a back-to-back on the road in Texas. That is going to be the real test of what this Warrior team can prove. Because by then, we're only about a month out. At that point, in March 19th, we're only a month out of the playoffs. That's when we'll really know where Golden State stands and what they'll be looking like heading towards the postseason on that final stretch for the end of the season. Andrew, what did you see from last night? Yeah, uh, I spoke with... My, well, we'll start with last night, I guess. So, obviously, Warriors dominant, best team in the NBA. I mean, when you beat the second best team in the NBA, second and third best team in the NBA by 30 points apiece, uh, that's when it gets a little nuts. I mean, this team is yeah. unbelievable. I think they're going to win 72 games um, unless they rest players down the stretch, which I think is a smart move. Uh, because yeah. I spoke uh, – oh, first of all, if you're on Twitter saying Kawhi Leonard isn't a lockdown defender – Stop watching basketball. Stop listening to the show because I don't want you to, okay? Yeah, if you yeah, are on Twitter yeah. saying that nonsense, I don't want you listening to the show because you don't deserve to talk basketball or listen to basketball with anybody ever because you're nonsense. You're right. garbage. You're garbage. Yeah. Um, I, I've never been so infuriated when I saw that on Twitter, uh, and I normally don't let Twitter get to me. Last night it was getting to me because Warriors fans are so ignorant and stupid. Um and I mean, it's it's understandable why they're ignorant and stupid, but it's 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 all the people who 
you know when you talk to somebody and you're like, well, this happened, and they're like, oh, really? I didn't know that because they, well, or they'll make up something, and you're like, that didn't happen. Uh, that's Warriors fans. Those people are Warriors fans, the people who pretend to know things. Um, and uh, it's just frustrating going on Twitter and seeing all that nonsense. The Spurs are fine, okay? When they play in San Antonio, you think the Spurs are going to get beat by 30? Not a chance. No way. Not a yeah, chance no in the world. Okay, and Greg Popovich, I don't think that was necessarily a shot at the Cavs as much as I think it was uh, he was just ripping his team a new one. Uh, I think maybe in the there was a little bit going to the Cavs, but at the same time, I think he was saying, he, I'm lucky he didn't hear what I said to these guys. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I've been speaking with a few people over the last few days um, about that 72-win Bulls and, and the most common thing, I probably spoke to five or six different people, the most common thing they all said was Michael Jordan was exhausted. Scottie Pippen was exhausted at the end of that season. The process was if those guys, two of the most athletic freaks ever, are going to get exhausted, how is Steph Curry going to be at the end of the season? Clay Thompson, he's an athlete, but he's no Michael Jordan or, or Scottie Pippen. How is he going to be? Draymond Green, again, same as Clay Thompson. He's not, you know, that upper echelon of athlete. How is he going to be after this season come playoff time? And Greg Popovich is, is going a different path. He's saying, okay, you guys can win by 30 points, but come playoff time, my guys are going to be played in uh, 65-70 games. Well, your guys played 80 games, gave 110%, which I don't want to knock a team for, but gave 110% for all 40 minutes or for all 48 minutes of all 80 of those 82 of those games. And then we'll see how it shakes up in the playoffs. I think the Clippers got a chance to beat the Warriors in the playoffs. I think the Spurs got a chance. And I think if Oklahoma City caught fire and Anis Cantor learned how to play some defense uh, uh, coming off that bench, they'd have a chance at the Warriors. Because I think come the end of the season, the Warriors are going to be exhausting. Okay? I think I think there's, there's multiple teams. Can you guys still hear me? I can hear you, Andrew. Yes, you're good. Okay. There, there's multiple teams who I think will have a shot at the Warriors in the postseason because, and I know this sounds weak, but not all the teams give 100%, don't give the effort, which kind of is disappointing, but they don't give the effort the Warriors give every game. When the Warriors right. play the bad teams, you see how much better those bad teams are because those bad teams give 110%. Come playoff time, the great teams are going to be given that same effort. Um, and it, it's going to be interesting to see. Do I still think the Warriors are the favorites? Yes. Um, would I personally take the Spurs in a seven-game series? Yes. Do I think come finals, the Cavs will be right there with those two teams? Yes, I do. Um, but I think it's going to be very interesting to see how they rest their players down the stretch and how they're willing to what they're willing to give up as far as record chasing uh, for the health and overall good of their team. You know, you brought up a great point about how Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen were tired after that 72-10 and 10 season in 96. Um, here, here's the thing, and, 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 it, and it made me think of one thing, and we're heading into that time of year where the comparisons will start to happen with the, the real ones, not these, not these showboating, no-nonsense no fans. There's some fans that listen to this show that I know of on Twitter. Uh, Shout-out to Kevin, who's been listening to me since I first started. Uh, he's a Warrior fan. He's been watching them, and he is one of the more logical fans out there, and he's awesome. He does. He, he doesn't he, – he is in awe. Like, ever since I've been talking to him, he has just been in awe with this team. He is more like, 
when will the when will the dream end? When will it stop? That's how that's his perspective, and that's how I feel like Warrior fans should be because this is really a dream. What's going on right now? It's unbelievable what they're doing. They're talented as all heck, but the fans that think that this is going to stay forever, listen to this: the Miami Heat in 2012-2013 went on a run from February 1st all the way till about the end of March, where they won 27 games in a row, and LeBron James was a part of that. Dwayne Wade was a part of that. Chris Bosh was a part of that. The guys that could potentially be most likely two of those three, if not all three of those guys, are Hall of Famers. Now, I think Steph Curry, with what he's doing so far in his career, is on a Hall of Fame pace. And I think Clay Thompson is near – I don't think Clay Thompson's a Hall of Famer. Draymond Green, if he plays like the way he's playing for the next 10 years, he's a Hall of Famer. I, I, I believe that. Now, again, it's all pace, though. LeBron was in his prime when he did what he did. All these guys were in their prime. Steph Curry's in his prime right now. The, the difference is, as you mentioned it, physically imposing bodies and physically imposing ability. The, the Warriors, and, and this is no knock on them because they are the best team in the NBA, but this is the two tests I talk about when I mention this team. Those games late in the season against the Spurs in San Antonio, that's a test. They still haven't proven they can beat the Spurs in San Antonio. They're still undefeated at home. They're still a tough team at home. But will they be, like you said, healthy or, uh, you know, non-tired or, or will their legs be jello? Because everyone's legs are jello by March, by, end, by the end of March, by, uh, by, by the end of March, early April. Everyone's legs are jello. Everyone is not healthy. Well, that's because, right, because Greg Popovich is, is a mastermind and he knows how to, how to keep his guys young forever, literally. Um, but because he rests them, and I will never, I will never debate that. As a Spurs fan, they do that, and it's unfortunate, but hey, it keeps them going and X, Y, Z. But the point is, is even the Spurs, there's guys, that the, the, the bench guys off the bench, they're tired heading into late portions. It happened last year. It happened the year before when they won the title. It, it happens. They guys get tired. Now the starters aren't tired, but the bench guys, they get their legs underneath them, and they're a little exhausted by the end of the year. Now, if you're playing like the, like you said. The Warriors are playing. They're tired by that time. The Heat in 2012-2013, I remember LeBron James. I closed my eyes, and I remember when LeBron James won the title in 2013 after beating the Spurs. He sat there on the podium and said, man, that was a tough team, but I'm telling you, I don't want to touch a basketball for two months. And that's LeBron James. LeBron James is one of those where he'll take like three weeks off, and then he'll get right back to the gym, no matter what. If he's been to the finals five years in a row or whatever, he'll go back. That year? That year he was – because that team put on the intensity like no other. That's why when people talk about that team in 2012, 2013, I go back and I say, man, that was one of the greatest teams we're ever going to see because of the standpoint of how dominant they were. Yeah, they had to come back in multiple games. But that team put so much energy on the court for such a long – from pretty much all of, all of the second half of the year in 2012, 2013, that was an – Un, but the bench was out of control. Like they, they went, they went bonkers off the bench. They put so much energy into that team that it was one of the best teams we've ever seen. And that's the same feeling I get for the Warriors. But they still have to prove. And these are the, this again, everything else they have proven. They're the best team in the league. I, there's no debate. I won't ever debate that right now. But they have to prove that if they want to break this Bulls record or even get close or even be a 65 win team still. They gotta stay healthy and they gotta stay at it. They gotta keep at it. That's how you get into that discussion of greatest of all time. And then you have to. And then in those late games in March when they play at San Antonio, you're seeing those type of games where you're like, 
Okay, if they beat San Antonio the way they beat San Antonio tonight on March 19th, a second night after a back-to-back, then I won't. Then I then I'll sit. And if they're like 60, if at that point they're like 55 or 60 and, and five or 60 and six or 60 and seven or something like that, then I'll start saying, okay, they're they're, they're very they're like on the precipice of of an of of the greatest season we've ever seen. If they do it, then they're still 41 and four. They're, they're unbelievable, unbelievable, but they have a lot to prove still, at least for the second half. Now, they they have definitely answered about 80 to 90% of what we have asked of them before the season. They, they haven't answered that. There's, I, I, have, I have completely gone full board in saying, look, I can't, I can't hate I, – I don't like majority of the fans, but I'm going to be honest, Andrew, as a Spurs fan, I really don't like it when people jump on my team's bandwagon because guess what? It's really easy. It is. It's real easy. Oh, I've been a Spurs fan since 2009. Yeah, yeah, okay. Well, come on now. They've been a champion four times. Just stop it. You're not really a fan. Stop. You know, those, those kind of people. Those, those people bother me. But, like, when you're a Warriors fan and you're, and you're illogical and you're going crazy and saying Steph's the greatest player of all time, and yeah, just slow down. Stop it. But when it comes to the best team in the league, I cannot slow down the fact that I can't not respect – what they're doing. It is, it is something we're never going – I don't think we're ever going to see again in a 45-game stretch to begin a season. I don't know if we're ever going to see this again. Dominating the, the other – the top three teams in the league, they're dominating the, the two behind them. And they're, and they're making it look like it's nothing. And, and last night when they were going up by, you know, eight, then they went up by 12, then they went up by 15, it was effortless. And I was just sitting there thinking, man – Again, Tim Duncan or not, this is unbelievable. They are they are a team that if you turn the ball over against them, you might as well you might as well write it up. Just 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 write off the check, say that you're you're over, put the white flag up, it's done. Because you cannot turn the ball over against this team. If you turn the ball over against the Golden State Warriors, write it up. It's a W for them. You're not going to win because they're going to capitalize on their turnovers almost every single time. And that's what's dangerous about this team is if you can control the ball, which I believe if the Spurs play them again come March 19th on the, in San Antonio, that's where I believe I, I believe you, Andrew, that, look, this will be a completely different game, and that will be really the game to watch. And I think really from now until that day is where we're going to see – is where we're really going to see a, uh, a buildup to that game because I think that's going to be one of the more higher-rated games. And I know that that game's around – around March Madness. I understand. I get it. It will be around March Madness, and it'll be on the, the date of the second round games on Saturday. But I'm telling you, I'm taking a break from March Madness on that day, and I'm watching that game because that's the game that I think everyone who's a basketball fan truly needs to turn into because that is going to be the closest thing we're going to see to playoff basketball all season long outside of the actual playoffs because that's going to be a game that's going to feel like an NBA Finals mentality in the middle of of March Madness. Andrew, anything else you want to say before we move on to some other things? Uh, I just want to throw out um, that the one team to dominate the Warriors this year was the Pistons. Now we can move on. <laughs> hey, everyone has their off. And actually, that's, uh... <laughs> that's probably why uh, the Spurs and the Cavs lost by 30 points because uh, the Warriors got straight up embarrassed. That's true. And that's true, and they, and they did. They got absolutely denied. And here's the one thing about Warrior fans that they need to understand. When they actually get into the postseason, when they play teams with actual big men and actually fundamentally sound big men, <coughs> Tim Duncan, uh, when they actually play guys who are, are physically imposing down low. Now, Tim Duncan's not physically imposing anymore. 
Um, but when you play actual big men in the post, they're, they're going to always struggle. They do not have a guy down low like Andre Drummond or even a guy like Boogie Cousins. By the way, I wanted to get to something outside of this Spurs and goals. I am, I, I am, I am, I am at, I am done. I am, I am done with this. I am done with, I am done with it. I am done with people's opinions about Boogie Cousins. Okay. I am absolutely fed up. Like I'm about to go Stephen A. Smith on this because this is ridiculous. This is, this is some absolutely asinine, ridiculous, just BS mentality that people have on Twitter about Boogie Cousins. This is the best, absolutely the best big man in the NBA. And the only guy who can sniff his shoes right now is Andre Drummond. Outside of that, Boogie Cousins is absolutely the best player in the NBA. We'll get to other games in a moment, but first of all, players of the week in the NBA were Boogie Cousins from last week and Kemba Walker in the, in the Western and Eastern Conference. And, and last night, both teams played against one another, and you saw an instant classic, a double overtime. Granted, no one was watching because everyone was watching Spurs Warriors, but a double overtime game between the Hornets and Kings. Hornets got the victory 129 to 128, but still, a double overtime game, unbelievable nonetheless. Um, but in one of the biggest whiteboard-worthy performances of the year, clearly, probably, it'll, it'll, be in, it'll be in the performances of the year, no debate. 56 points by DeMarcus Cousins, 12 rebounds, 4 assists, and 2 blocks, and 84 on the whiteboard-worthy performance scale, beyond a star-worthy, near-legendary, unbelievable game by Boogie. And think about this. Granted, it was a double-overtime game, but this guy has scored 104 points in the last two ball games. I'm done with people saying that he's not the best big man in the league and that he doesn't deserve to be this or do that or do this. No. Uh-uh. You're done. Your opinion means nothing now because this is the best big man in the league. If Shaq put numbers up like this, people would be saying he's the best big man in the league. If Yao Ming put numbers up like this, which he never would, but if he did, he would be the best big man in the league. If, and consistently. I'm not talking like, you know, once in a while. I'm talking consistently. DeMarcus Cousins consistently has put up 30 and 12, 30 and 15 numbers pretty much all year. Now, does he average 15 rebounds? No. He averages more like 12. He doesn't average Andre Drummond rebounds. But he is putting the points up to absolutely make you say, wow. I don't care that he's playing on a Kings team that's fighting for a playoff spot in the Western Conference. I don't care about all that. This man is a wrecking force, and he is by far about, about almost leaps and bounds. If it wasn't for Andre Drummond, I would say he's leaps and bounds above every big man in the NBA because he is that dominant of a force. He can shoot from the outside. He can shoot from the inside. He can rebound. He's tough. He's gritty. He is, he's got that mentality, that attitude. Where okay, Grant, if things are going good, his attitude it fits with the mold because now that the Kings are finally turning into a potential playoff spot seeding team, this guy is the guy that's going to gear them to get to that level because he is the guy with the mentality and the driving force to want to play at the all-time level, and you saw it last night. It was literally DeMarcus Cousins, and yeah, Rajon Rondo had 20 assists last night, 10 rebounds and 7 points, a 57 on the left forward performance scale, and they lost. But DeMarcus Cousins is, is the best center in the NBA, period. Like, it, there's no, there's no, there is no substitute. There's no one. And in the Western Conference, no one touches him. No one. You, you can't. Don't put Marcus Saul in the, in the same breath as DeMarcus Cousins. That was a joke. I said it last year at the end of the season when Marcus Saul got first all-team NBA because DeMarcus Cousins is clearly the more talented player. I said it when Anthony Davis was being compared to him now. Now, first of all, I got another thing about Anthony Davis. This guy, he had a concussion. He, I feel bad for the guy. He's not playing well. He's on a bad team. I feel bad for him. I do. But I'm going to say this. Anthony Davis, 
is start and again, Anthony Davis is a baby. He's like twenty one, twenty two. He's still young. But but so is Demarcus Cousins. Demarcus Cousins is a baby. And we sit here and we say Anthony Davis is the next face of the league. I don't think that's the case anymore. I don't think Anthony Davis can be the face of the league anymore. For how his, his NBA career has started from 2012 when he entered the league, or yeah, 2012 when he entered the league, to now, where he's at now, he hasn't really made, yeah, he's gotten better, but he hasn't made significant improvements. LeBron James in his first four years in the NBA or first uh, three years in the NBA was making, I mean, granted, Anthony Davis is making all-star games. He's got stats. He's great. He's unbelievable. But no one was better than LeBron James at the small forward position when he, like, in his third year in the NBA. You you can't make that debate. LeBron, no one was as good as LeBron in his third year in the NBA at the small forward position. No one. And it hasn't been anyone since LeBron in his third year in the NBA. Anthony Davis is being passed up by guys like Marc Gasol. Now, not anymore, because Marc Gasol has fallen off the map. But Guys like guys like Demarcus Cousins, Andre Drummond. You got guys like Rudy Gobert catching up to guys like uh, guys like Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis should be so good from our perspective of saying if he's going to be the next face of the league, he should be better than all these guys tenfold. He's not. He is not. And I don't think he will. And granted, he's young. He still is. He still is growing. And I give him a couple more years to really get it. But if come 2018, if he ain't in that elite category, which he's an all-star, he's an all-star, but when it comes to being deemed as face of the league, you can't put him in that category right now. You can't. You, I don't know how you can for the foreseeable future, considering he keeps getting hurt. He's on horrible teams. I mean, the Pelicans are horrible right now. They're bad. Now, they're, they're on the verge of a playoff spot, but they're not playing well. Anthony Davis keeps getting hurt off and on. His stats, I see them every night on the box score. He gets really, really low numbers, and it's just, it's just, it's odd. Because if you want to be the face of the league, you don't have down nights like you did last night. And again, Drew Holiday for the Pelicans last night, as the as the Rockets beat the Pelicans one twelve to one eleven, he had a white forward performance, thirty two points, nine assists, six rebounds, three steals, a fifty nine on the white forward performance scale. James Harden in that one had a sixty two on the white forward performance scale, thirty five points, eleven rebounds, eight assists, and the victory for the Rockets is they're now twenty five and twenty two. But, Andrew, when it comes to big men in the league, I'm telling you, DeMarcus Cousins, people who keep bashing this guy because of his quote-unquote attitude, I'm sick and tired of that excuse because guess what? The guy's got bona fide, flat-out talent, and he is the best big man in the league bar none. And it's to the point where it's like, how do you even debate? How do you even debate that he's the best big man? Because it's stupid how far along he is compared to everybody else. Now, Andre Drummond's the only guy that can sniff him. But outside of that, it's, it's the Marcus Cousins by a long shot. You're wrong on one thing. Nobody okay. can even touch him. Andre Drummond's not even in his yeah. league, dude. I mean, I mean, yeah. Andre Drummond, I, I have like – a weird obsession with Andre Drummond. You should see my room. I have like two autographed jerseys, an autographed basketball, some autographed like Pistons flags, whole bunch of stuff. And, and he, I mean, he's not even close to his league. Demarcus Cousins is the best big man this league has seen offensively since Shaquille O'Neal. It's not better. Yep. And Shaq was just physically dominant. Cousins is skilled and dominant. Um, it, it's it's just it's a joke he's not starting the all-star game it's yeah. a joke nobody's mentioning him in the mvp conversation it's a joke that when you talk about demarcus cousins the only thing that gets talked about is, is his attitude okay this guy this year 
I guarantee not only does I guarantee he has less technical fouls than Andre Drummond this year. Okay, this guy has been this guy has completely improved that attitude. George Carl has helped uh, uh, probably an unbelievable amount. But yes, he the most underrated, underappreciated, and undervalued player in the entire NBA, and it's not even close. Uh, everything you said, you were preaching to the choir. Besides, for that, anybody's even close. Marcus Gasol, that's a joke. Andre Drummond. I guess he's the closest, but that's still not even close. Uh, Dwight Howard, prime Dwight Howard isn't as good as how good the Marcus Cousins is right no. now. Okay? Yeah. Prime Dwight Howard. Uh, that's close. But I would take this boogie. It's not like he's a bad, he's not a great defender, but he, uh, and he's violent. He scares the other team. I mean, this guy in the post, he'll, he'll throw you on the ground just with pure strength. He'll knock yeah. you down. He will beat you up. By the end of the game, you're exhausted, and, and then you're you're pissed, you're angry, and then he pulls up and hits a three in your face. I mean, this guy just yeah. knocked you down and, and drove you into the ground, and then he pulled up and hit a three in your face? Well, he's shooting 50% from three in the month of January. Are you kidding me? Yeah. He's yeah. unbelievable. Best center in the game. Best center we've seen since Shaquille O'Neal. I, and I, and, I, and it's it's to the point where I, I go on Twitter and I look up people and, and it's funny. Cause like when I see, I was going on Twitter last night looking at the Marcus cousins. Cause I, I know I have this perception of what other people are thinking when it comes to him. And I go on Twitter and all I see is people saying, Oh, he's just, he's just playing well because he's, cause he's on a bad team. And, and I'm like, you know, you know what, like this, I, I really want to see, and this is what I really want to see, Andrew, and, I, and I, I, am, I am foaming at the mouth wanting to see it so bad. I want to see the Kings play the Golden State Warriors in the first round. And I want to see DeMarcus Cousins just lay the wood. I don't think the Kings will win the series. I don't think they might win one, but I don't think they'll win the series over the, over the Warriors. I, I'm not saying that. I just want to see DeMarcus Cousins go for 40 and 15. I want to see DeMarcus Cousins go, play on national TV against, against quote-unquote America's team in the Golden State Warriors. I want him to lay the absolute hammer on Andrew Bogut and, and just make him look like Swiss cheese. I want him to just absolutely destroy and show the world it's my time. I'm the best big man in the league. No one can stop me. Shut up. That's what I want him to do. I want him to do it. And I want him to do it in the most classless manner to show, guess what? I'm here to stay. I'm the best big man in the league. No one can touch me. That's what I want him to do. I want him to do it. And I want him to do it in the most, I want him to do it in the most Cam Newton way as possible. Fun, over the top, in your face, have fun with it. I want him to do it. I want him to do it because I'm fed up with people in, in this mentality of just because his attitude is poor means he's a bad person. Who cares? He gets it done on the basketball court. Isn't that all we want to see when we go to the arena for 48 minutes is watch this guy absolutely knock out the other opponent with the way he plays? He's given you his entertainment. He's given you all he wants. Isn't that what we complain about when it comes to athletes is them not putting their, their best foot forward? That's what this guy does every single night he touches the court, and he does it in statistical manners that are, like you said, near Shaquille O'Neal, if, if not at the same level. And people knock him because, oh, he doesn't fit a mold. Who cares if he doesn't fit a mold? This is America. You can fit out whatever mold you want. This guy might be disrespectful, might be off, might be whatever, whatever you want to make of him. He's the best big man in the league, and he's not being recognized because of his quote-unquote attitude. Who cares? His team is in playoff contention. If his team gets to the playoffs and, they, and he knocks out their other big man, if they lose and he dominates, who cares? Guess what? He's gonna, this is what I think is going to happen, Andrew, and, and this is what I want to see happen over the next couple of years for DeMarcus Cousins. If he doesn't stay with the Kings, I want to see this happen because guess what? Two of the most underappreciated players in the NBA, 
One of them is my favorite player, Russell Westbrook. I want to see Russell Westbrook and DeMarcus Cousins go to L.A. when Ben Simmons is there. Can you imagine? Imagine that. Imagine that team. Russell Westbrook, Ben Simmons, DeMarcus Cousins. Write it down. Championships. They're coming. They're coming. I don't think that will happen. I don't think think that will happen. But can you imagine? That would be insane. It would I mean – I think Ben Simmons is the next face of the league. I think this guy's. I think he's going to take the throne four or five years down the road. I think he's going to be the twenty-five, ten, and five guy. Um, uh, and I think, uh, man, I don't. I don't even want to imagine that because I don't like the Lakers, and that's one of the last franchises I'd want to see that in. I wouldn't mind it in Sacramento. Uh, actually, I would because they got a lunatic owner. But anywhere <laughs> but LA. Yeah. But either way, I, I want to see I want to see like these players just kind of unite and just create a new face of the league because I want to see a team dominant enough to play a team like Golden State and have it be an instant classic. I don't know; it doesn't have to be the Lakers; it could be whoever. But I'd like to see some sort of a matchup because that's coming down the pike as we talk. So uh, anyway, uh, other games of the night last night: Pistons beating the Jazz ninety-five, ninety-two. Uh, Reggie Jackson, outstanding game by him, 29 points. Not quite wet, but worthy, but outstanding. Rudy Gobert, as I mentioned, 17 points, 17 rebounds. That's unbelievable stuff. Not a wet, but worthy, but unbelievable by him, considering he'd been hurt earlier on. Again, the Jazz are struggling, but the Pistons, they keep churning, baby. They're in that middle pack of the Eastern Conference. They're moving up. They're looking like they're going to be a playoff team, like a legitimate force. That's what you want to see when it comes to this team. I forgot to mention Steph Curry and his performance. He had a white board performance, 37 points, four assists, two rebounds, five steals, a 52 on the white board performance scale. Um, Hawks beat the Nuggets 119 to 105. Uh, again, uh, Grizzlies beat the Magic in overtime. I think the Magic are, are back to earth. I think the Magic are going to start falling off a little bit. Now, if they can find a way to pick themselves up a little bit later on in the year, they can make themselves look like a team ready to go into next year, making the next step, because this team has made a lot of steps already this season in the Orlando Magic. I just don't think they're going to find a way to stay in that playoff race, considering how, just how young they are and just how much inexperience they have at this point. I think going into next year, the way they've played so far is a real testament to how they've been, but they're just not good enough right now. Grizzlies get the victory. I want to wait to 102 in overtime. Heat beat the Bulls. Again, the Bulls had a letdown after they played against the, the, the Cavs, which we'll talk about in a second, Andrew. We'll talk about that. Celtics and Warriors, uh, excuse me, Celtics and Wizards. Celtics beat the Wizards 116 to 91. Isaiah Thomas, another outstanding game, 23 points for him. He should be an all star, in my opinion. Uh, and then Cavs and Timberwolves. Timberwolves played outstanding. Carl Anthony Towns, 26 points, 11 rebounds, 4 assists. You talk about drama in Cleveland. Unbelievable stuff by them. Andrew, I know you got to go, um, but get, you gotta, I know you got to go. We'll talk about it all tomorrow, but uh, Cavs and Bulls on Saturday and this game from the Cavs last night, what would you see? Okay, now we, we talked about this a little bit last night. I don't know if you got the chance to actually watch it, but the, the score was so much closer than the game actually was. I mean, yeah. the Cavs dominated this game, and it wasn't like domination where they were trying. It was they came yeah. out, they just played basketball, and it was just easy for them. I mean, the, yeah. everything they wanted, got it, it was. It looked like a dominant team again. Of course, the score didn't show that, and people are going to only react to the score. But this team, I mean, what was LeBron like? Eleven for fifteen from the field, with like twelve rebounds yeah. or something like that. Uh, he, yeah. it, it was too easy for them, and, and it almost looked like they got bored in the fourth quarter. Um, but th- this game right there showed me why I think this team's still, you know, 
at the very worst, the championship contender. Uh, by, by, by final time, they'll be the most rested going into the finals because the, they don't have to deal with the Spurs or the Warriors until the finals or the Clippers or the Thunder. best team they're going to have to play is the Raptors, and, and that might not even happen. I mean, any of the two through eight seeds in the East could make the Eastern Conference Finals if they don't play Cleveland. Um, it, it's I, This team is fine. I like Tyron Lue. I like that he already called out Kyrie and Kevin Love about their brands today. I think he's a no-nonsense yes. kind of coach. I think he's come in, demand respect, and I think he's going to get it. And I think this team – you want to mark my words right now? I think the Cavaliers will be your 2016 NBA champion. Wow. That's that's a big statement after what the Warriors just did to the Spurs. I know you got to go, Andrew. Uh, we'll talk more about other things tomorrow, man. Have a good night. Have a good day. Peace. All right, Andrew, have a good day, man. I know he's going to get back to work. Busy, busy guy there, uh, and Andrew Norris. Uh, anyway, I wanted to get to one thing before I head out, and I think, it's, I think it needs to be said. And people give Derrick Rose a hard time for when he was hurt with this NBA team. And we'll get, to, we'll get to college basketball here in a moment. We will. I just need to say this real quick before I get to college basketball. People give Blake – excuse me. People give Derrick Rose a tough time because he, quote, unquote, you know, got hurt with his knees and all that kind of stuff. And he was out and he was gone for a couple. How come people don't give Blake Griffin the same type of disrespect? Blake Griffin now broke his hand, apparently trying to knock out a trainer on a fight with an equipment staff guy in LA. He apparently he hurt a guy, an equipment staff guy, and now he's out for the next couple of months because he broke his hand. How come no one knocks him for what he's done? Look, I'm getting to the point now where with this, with this Clipper team, I love the Clippers. I think the Clippers are an outstanding organization. I think they're going to be fine. I think they're great. I think Blake Griffin it might be the team that actually hurt. It might be the guy that's actually hurting this team. He might be the guy that is actually hurting the team. I honestly think Blake Griffin needs to go. I think Blake Griffin needs to, 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 to get away from the squad and leave the squad and get away from the squad because – in all reality, without him playing, they're playing better. So Blake Griffin needs to go because if you're hurting people and breaking your hands and, and risking your health to, to, to play for your team, to not play for your team basically and not be on the floor, why do you need to be there? Because they've been playing fine without you. And I want to hear more crap about Blake Griffin. We'll get into more of that tomorrow, clearly, as we're, as, as we're up against the clock. Um, and we'll get more into that tomorrow. And I'll talk to Andrew more about that tomorrow, obviously, as we move forward uh and nca basketball last night obviously some outstanding games uh some outstanding ball games from last night and obviously a preview we'll get to that in a little bit iowa state beat number four kansas number 14 iowa state beat number four kansas 85 72 in the big 12 obviously big 12 uh five and three for both teams now as iowa state beats kansas both teams are now 16 four duke loses to miami as miami is now ranked 15th in the country and let me go through the rankings real quick and fly through them before i get to my nba preview for tonight again the rankings came out yesterday here they are, number one in the AP, Oklahoma. We'll roll down from one through 25. AP number one, Oklahoma. Number two, North Carolina. Three, Iowa. Four, Kansas. Five, Texas A&M. Villanova number six, Xavier seven, Maryland eight, West Virginia nine, Providence, Virginia, Michigan State, SMU, Iowa State, Miami, Florida, Louisville, Baylor, Arizona, Indiana, Kentucky, Purdue, Wichita State, Oregon, Duke, and Notre Dame. Notre Dame is number 25. Top. Notre Dame is number 25 in the top 25. And they are in the rankings. That's crazy. Duke being number 24. Crazy, huh? They won the national championship last year, and now they're fighting to stay alive in that top 25. Games for tonight. 
in the world of basketball. One ranked game to talk to look at if you want to watch a game, a Big East matchup, Xavier at Providence. Again, matching up again in the Big East, Providence 17-3, and three, number 10 in the country, Xavier number 7, 17-2, playing in Providence. Outstanding stuff there, and we got quite a bit of games on in the NBA tonight on a Tuesday. Real quick, we got about a minute. Let me recap this for you, and then we'll get out of here uh, here tonight on the uh, on the show. Again, uh, tonight in the NBA, before we get out of here, episode 58 in the books, episode 59 tomorrow, same time, same place on an ESPN Wednesday tomorrow, episode 59. That will be there tomorrow. Okay, let's go to the NBA real quick before we get out of here. Let's fly. Let's, let's test these mouth skills, huh? Clippers at Pacers. Clippers are favored by one point. Take Clippers. They're going to win. Suns at 76ers. 76ers are favored by three. Take the 76ers. Heat at Nets. Heat are favored by four and a half. Take the Heat. Thunder at Knicks. Thunder are favored by six and a half. Take the Thunder. They're going to get the victory. Wizards at Raptors. Raptors are favored by eight points. Take the Wizards. They're going to they're going to play well. Take the plus eight. Magic Bucks. Magic are uh, Milwaukee's favored by five and a half. Take the Magic. They're going to get a victory. They're going to bounce back plus five and a half for the Magic. Kings in Portland Trailblazers. Trailblazers, favored by five and a half, take them. Mavericks, Lakers, Mavericks, favored by seven and a half, take them. Thank you again, everybody. Have a great day. Woo!